you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And you know what? On today's show, of course, we have to scout the Ole Miss Rebels, who the Tiger basketball team will be taking on at 8 p.m. tonight on, well, not sure which channel, one of the one of the ESPN families of networks, right? What am I, your TV guide channel? Come on, Google is your friend. But seriously, saddle up tonight with the Tigers at 8 p.m. and with me quickly in postgame for a recap right here on the Locked On Mizzou podcast. And also, I want to get to some futures betting talk today, including a value play I like for the NCAA champions of basketball this season. And also, I want to revisit my Mac Jones bet from this past summer, him to win the Heisman Trophy for the Crimson Tide. But first, I wanted to comment just a little bit on the Rock M Nation piece I read this morning. They had a pretty good breakdown of the SEC Player of the Year race. And interestingly enough, the two guys that they concluded at the end that they thought were maybe the leaders in the clubhouse for this award, well, Drew Smith was one of them, and Herb Jones from Alabama was the other. And quite honestly, I was a little bit surprised that Jeremiah Tillman wasn't the lead of the Player of the Year race at this point. Because quite frankly, regardless of any statistics, just looking at it on paper, I don't know if there's anyone in the entire league that I would trade for Jeremiah Tillman straight up, including Drew Smith. If we had to get rid of one of those two guys, I hate to say it, I think I would still keep Tillman. But, boy, when you really look at it, take a closer look, you do realize just how well Drew Smith is playing, especially here in conference play, because while statistically there aren't there isn't anything that necessarily stands out that keeps him in the top five of league play in most major categories, he's also up there in the top twenty in basically every category that you can imagine. And also don't look now, but Drew Smith is shooting forty three percent from the three point line in SEC play. So while Missouri is certainly far from an elite shooting team, Drew Smith has been an elite shooter for conference play and is actually up to over 37% overall for the season. And if you're curious, Alabama did hold serve last night in South Carolina, beating the Gamecocks 81-78. to They led by three at halftime, obviously ended up winning by that same margin, so certainly Not exactly a dominant performance by Alabama, but they got the W that they needed, staying two games ahead of Missouri in the loss column. Now, Missouri in some ways has a similar game tonight where they need to hold serve in Oxford, Mississippi against the Ole Miss Rebels. And on paper, you might think this should be an easy victory for the Tigers, just at first glance anyway. Ole Miss is 10-9, and 4-6 4-6 and six in the SEC, and of course they're hosting the 10th-ranked Missouri Tigers. But believe it or not, the Tigers, according to betonline.ag, are actually getting one and a half points tonight. Yes, that's right, they're a slight underdog 
in this basketball game. And I got to say, that surprised me a tiny bit. I thought Missouri would be at least a one or two point favorite here, but for whatever reason, Vegas seeing something in this matchup that maybe they think favors, favors Ole Miss just a tiny bit. Now, if the Rebels do have an advantage over the Tigers, it certainly is not at the three-point line because as a team, as a shooting team, outside shooting, and even at the free-throw line, Ole Miss is even worse than Mizzou at the three-point line. And as we know, the Tigers are a good free-throw shooting team. So, in other words, this doesn't exactly seem fluky. I wouldn't expect the Rebels to suddenly start knocking down a bunch of three-point baskets. But the Rebels do play an unusual style of defense that has been pretty effective so far. Certainly it was more effective in the non-conference season than it's been in SEC play. But what you're going to see from the Rebels is a lot of 2-3 matchup zone style defense, even some 1-3-1 sprinkled in there as well. And what they do with that is they tend to confuse their opponents at times bog down their possessions, make them get out of sets that they're normally used to running because, again, most teams throughout the country are are playing almost exclusively man-to-man defense these days. But because of this unusual style, I think Ole Miss tends to force a lot of turnovers that maybe their opponents wouldn't normally make. Now, obviously, that's a concern for Missouri. Missouri tends to get in trouble gets a little loose with their ball handling, their passing. Maybe they get drawn into too many charges at times. So that's definitely something to watch for sure. But on the other hand, I wonder if maybe this zone-style defense could actually work to Missouri's favor in some ways. And I want to explain why I think that is, especially when it comes to the four spot for Missouri, for Mitchell Smith and for Kobe Brown. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar, which is the best-tasting protein bar ever conceived by human beings on this planet. And believe it or not, with their six new flavors, they're even more delicious than before. Frankly, the Cherry Barcia can't be beat. But you know what? There's got to be something at Built Bar that's going to suit your fancy. So find it at BuiltBar.com right now. Find these low-calorie, low-sugar high-protein, high-fiber bars, and be sure to use the promo code Locked On when you go to BuiltBar.com to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And certainly I've got you covered with everything you need to know about Mizzou, but what about the rest of the sports world? Well, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there with Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports you need every day in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today at radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Earlier this week, I touched on Mitchell Smith and his penchant for taking three-point shots that seemingly no Missouri fan is really thrilled about. And one thing I touched on was that while I certainly don't want Mitchell shooting those shots early in the shot clock, the problem is at that four spot for Missouri, at that traditional power forward position, he and Kobe Brown have the same problem, which is there is no clear spot to put them on the floor that frankly isn't the corner standing out of the way. 
Well, here's the deal. If Ole Miss is going to play a bunch of zone, well, then suddenly that high post position, which I was saying isn't really available when Missouri's running a bunch of high ball screens in their Barcelona-style offense, well, the deal is, again, if there's if Ole Miss is going to play zone, well, suddenly that part of the floor is open and the high ball screen offense kind of goes be, beyond, kind of goes by the wayside, I should say. So that means to me, actually Mitchell Smith in particular at his size, he's a good high low option style player because again, when you're at that size, you can look over the defense, throw it over the defense with an easy angle into your big guy, I think that may be a way that Missouri can exploit that Ole Miss zone defense and maybe get them out of what they want to do and back into a man-to-man type defense. Also, when Mitchell and Kobe or, frankly, anyone, whether it's Javon Pickett, whoever it might be, anytime a guy flashes to the middle of the paint, well, suddenly, again, against a 2-3 matchup style zone, Usually the center is going to pick up that guy in the middle of the court. That causes him to have to vacate the backside of the defense, vacate the rim. Well, that puts the other two guys who are on the baseline often in a bind. That guy's either going to have to cover somebody like Jeremiah Tillman on the baseline, which you're basically going to have to drop down and cover him. Well, that just means that on the backside of those plays, somebody like Drew Smith or Mark Smith is going to have an open three-pointer a lot of times. If Missouri can set that up, they can set up good shots for Mark and Drew. And obviously, Drew has shot the ball really well in conference play. Mark, less so, certainly been really cons- inconsistent. But if we can get him going tonight at any point in the rest of the season, that's a big thing for the Tigers. But really, I think there are little plays that Missouri can run to get Drew Smith open three-pointers that we can really exploit what is statistically a good Ole Miss defense. Now, Devontae Shuler is probably Ole Miss's best player. He definitely gets the headlines, that's for darn sure, and, well, for good reason. He is, in fact, a senior, and he's the scoring, assists, and steals active leader in the conference totals on all of those particular categories. He's got a good in-between game, kind of a good herky-jerky start and stop in terms of speed game. And he's got definitely likes the floaters as well, something that every, frankly, below-the-rim guard, you basically have to develop some type of floater game at this point, and he's got it, no doubt about that. But in Ole Miss's previous basketball game this Saturday at Auburn, which, by the way, the Rebels won in OT with a last-second shot by the previously mentioned Devontae Shuler. Well, in fact, in that basketball game, to my eyes, Romello White was by far the best player for the Rebels in that game. He's also a transfer, or I'm sorry, he's also a senior, but a grad transfer from Arizona State. Just a really effective post player, scorer around the basket with a nice, soft touch, and you know what? He can he can turn and face the basket, too. Make a jump shot from 10 feet. The one thing is he's a little bit undersized, at least compared to Tillman at six foot eight, 235. But he's a good weak side shot blocker, so that's something to watch. But still, just with that size, a little bit of a size difference there, I still don't think 
Ramella White's going to have any chance of stopping Tillman one-on-one. So if we can just continue to force double teams there, pass the ball out of them intelligently, defensively, we should be fine. But on the other end, Tillman's going to have his work cut out for him. Because again, this White kid can definitely score. He's a good score around the basket, and he's just smooth. But if we can just make him put the ball on the floor, he does seem to lose it at times if he tries a spin move or tries to dribble between a defense. Maybe gets a little bit aggressive there. So whatever Missouri can do, if, if it's maybe Tillman and the other defenders making sure they get White out of the paint as far as they can, make him start his offense fur- farther out than he wants to, Make him put the ball on the floor. Well, I think that could be a really big key in making him less effective in this basketball game. And now just to transition to the futures market just a little bit. You know, I'm going to sound incredibly biased here, but you know what? Let's go for it. Because over at betonline.ag, I haven't seen a better value for the national championship than your Missouri Tigers at 50 to 1 odds. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that I expect Missouri to win the national championship, or nor do I even expect them to make the final four for that matter. But again, we're talking about value here. And if I can get Illinois at 18 to 1, and I can get Alabama at 20 to 1, well, those are two teams that the Missouri Tigers have already beaten. So, quite simply, they're in the range of Kansas at 50 to 1, North Carolina at 50 to 1. How does that even make sense? Missouri's obviously a good value there. North Carolina's probably not even going to make the tournament this year. So if you agree with me or have any other values that you like, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. So go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account and be sure be sure to use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And for more thoughts on betting, be sure to check out a guy who knows, frankly, way, 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 way more than I do about handicapping. And that's Lee Sterling and his host, your boy Q. That's the Locked On Bets podcast. Get all their excellent picks every single day, including recurring segments like Wrong Team Favored. So subscribe to Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, as much as I was in the past certainly the king of the futures bet, and I'm certainly the self-proclaimed king of the futures bet, I hit the Royals winning the 2015 World Series in the preseason Same deal with the 2011 Cardinals. Had Von Miller winning the Super Bowl MVP one year. But frankly, it's been at least a couple years since I've hit a big winner like that. So I was really hoping that Mac Jones was going to come through for me this season. Because this past summer, I looked at the whole rundown of the Heisman future guys, and I said, you know what? Mac Jones, 25 to 1, that's the best value on the board. And ultimately I was right. He was the best value on the board because by the end of the season, he went from 25 to one again, back in June or July, whenever I made that bet, recorded that podcast by the end of it, he's the day of the voting. He's two or three to one to win the award. 
But here's the thing. My logic, while sound, ended up being, frankly, there was one hole in it. Because my logic was this. Well, number one, you got the best quarterback, the the starting quarterback, on potentially the best team in the entire country, the team that is perennially one of the best two or three teams in the entire country for a decade now. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? And then my other my other thesis, my other hypothesis was that generally the big Heisman favorites coming into the preseason, often they don't win because expectations are so ridiculously high for these players. Well, the two guys with the big odds, the most favorable odds in the preseason were Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And so that premise ended up being correct. Neither one of those guys won the award. So there was an opportunity there. And indeed, somebody for the Alabama Crimson Tide won the award. Unfortunately, it was Devontae Smith and not Mac Jones. So while I would love to pat myself on the back for a job well done in in terms of spotting good value, the reality is, is I won zero dollars on that bet. And while I, I certainly am a type of guy that likes to that likes to emphasize process over results, and you might think at first glance, oh, don't beat yourself up, John. That's a good process. You found the good value there and you almost won. But that's the part where I'm hesitating. Did I almost win? Did I really though? Because frankly, could Mac Jones have possibly had a better season? I'm not sure that he could have. Alabama had one of the best offensive seasons in college football history. They went undefeated. They slaughtered almost every single person, every single opponent they played, including in the college football playoff. And yet, Mac Jones was probably third on his team, realistically, in terms of actually winning that Heisman. Because don't forget, Jalen Waddell was getting all the headlines early in the season before he went down with injury. So really... On his own team, he may have been third on the pecking order. I'm not sure what Mac Jones could have possibly done short of throwing 65 touchdowns and one interception. And just realistically, that was about as good of a season as he could have possibly had, and yet he didn't win the award. So the point is is not to beat myself up, of course, because, well, my process was pretty good, even if I ultimately wasn't going to get a victory there. Now, I guess in the future, the thing to look out for is when you're picking a somewhat of a long shot to win the Heisman Trophy or even maybe it's the NBA MVP or, or anything like that, something to consider is who else is on that person's team? Is it possible that there are one or two other guys that if this team has a great season that they're going to split the votes? Because the whole splitting the votes thing, whether it's, again, the Heisman, MVP in any other of the pro sports, that is a real thing. When you've got two great players on one team, well, there is a bit of an argument of, gee, who who do we give most of the credit to? And some and a lot of the writers are going to be divided on that. You can't vote for both of them. Whereas if you're going to vote for somebody on Ohio State, it's clearly going to be Justin Fields, for instance. And finally, before we wrap this one up, you know what? I do want to acknowledge something, and unfortunately, this is a bit of a sad note to go out on, but I feel like I have to acknowledge the passing of Therese Paler, who is 
who, who was a for a couple of years a beat writer for the Kansas City Star, covered the Missouri Tigers for a couple seasons. And you know what? I, I always really liked Therese's work and admired how quickly he was able to move up in his career, quite honestly, because after a couple years covering the Tigers, moved on, started covering the Kansas City Chiefs, ultimately yahoosports.com hired him away as a national NFL writer. And man, just the outpouring from just basically every corner of the NFL beat from guys like Adam Schefter, just the outpouring of emotion for this, gosh, this young 36-year-old man who had really had a meteoric rise in this business was was really overwhelming. And it just goes to show you, man, you know, Therese just seemed like positivity, just the the absolute embodiment of positivity is the one thing that keeps coming up in all the the tributes that I see to Therese. And, you know, I think that's something we could all keep in mind is just the power of positivity. That is a real thing. And it's not only something that can propel you in your own personal life, whether it's your professional life, your family life, whatever it is, but that has real energy to the people around you. Like negative energy sucks and positive energy adds. Like you can either suck energy or you can give energy. And clearly Therese Paler was the kind of guy that gave people around him just a ton of energy in a positive way. Now, certainly I didn't personally know Therese, never met him whatsoever, but just as you know, I admired his work from a distance and, and frankly, one of the coolest things, one of the coolest perspectives and tributes that I saw to Therese was somebody who was close to him at the star saying that quite honestly, Therese wasn't a very good writer when he first came in, just from a total technical perspective. But what he had was a knowledge and passion for sports and especially football that carried him a long way. And he had a desire to get better as a writer. And frankly, he was honest with himself. That's what I really got from this is he realized that he wasn't the greatest technical writer of all time when he first started. And guess what? He got better and he got better quickly. And by the time he got to be at the Kansas City Star, you know, by the time he got to Yahoo, he was as good of a technical writer as you're going to find out there. So guess what, people? Yes, with a little bit of a positive attitude, with a little bit of of grease rubbed on your hands, just a little bit of hard work, you too can succeed and also just make a, a really profound impact on the people around you, which is something that clearly in his 36 years on this planet that Therese Paler was really able to accomplish. So just wanted to acknowledge that young man's life in this space. And so with that sad note to go out on, I am John Miller, and I will see you guys tonight after the Ole Miss-Missouri basketball game for another episode of Locked on Mizzou.